Talk Recorded live. Our God is worthy today. We give him all praise.
God bless you, children of God. We pray the Lord is blessing you very, very well. Wherever this broadcast is finding you, God is exceptionally good to us here at the Christian Center, and we count it a privilege and an honor to be able to worship the true and living God one more time. Understand something about God and how he operates. God said where two or three are gathered together. In his name, he is in the midst. See, you you can be with God with a few people, and you can be without God in a multitude of people. It depends on who whose name you have really gathered together in the name of. We have gathered together today in the name of Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah God, true living God, the Father of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, His only begotten Son. We thank Him today for who He is. For those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know we are working on our, about to finish our most recent topic entitled, How to Cultivate Thankfulness. We thank God for everything He has shared with us. We trust that 
you all out there under the sound of my voice uh, as a result of of, uh, hearing what God has had to say, have been better able to cultivate thankfulness in your individual lives and in your individual walks with God in your marriages. You 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 want to cultivate thankfulness in a marriage. God says, Robert, a lot of times the reason why people be breaking up and divorcing, they haven't cultivated thankfulness in their marriage. You got to be thankful for your husband, thankful for your wife. No, she ain't perfect. Or he ain't perfect, but learn how to be thankful. Because now he, 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 he you know, it's somebody else out there that want him. There's somebody else out there that won't hurt, you know. So be thankful that God has blessed you with a spouse, a husband, or a wife. Learn how to be thankful in your family. You want to you wanna have an atmosphere of thankfulness in your family. You know, teach kids to be thankful, not little ingrates. We had an opportunity to watch a movie last night, young girl. Oh, she was just misbehaving, so unthankful, so unappreciative. Tyler Perry... Uh, latest movie, Boo Halloween or whatever, and they had that in the movie. His supposedly his daughter, she was so unthankful, so sassy. So I'm sitting there saying, man, put that girl out or beat that girl. Well, first you beat her, beat that girl, and if that won't work, then put her out. But this kind of talk and foolishness, I was just sitting there watching. But you know, at the end of the day, uh, he was convinced to to do uh, to put her out if she just couldn't get herself together. Well, what was the problem? She wasn't thankful. She wasn't thankful. We want to cultivate thankfulness in in our uh, marriages, in our families, in our churches. You know, people need to, to learn that thankfulness is a very important part of your walk with God. Thankfulness can cause God to do a whole lot more for you than he would have normally done. And God said, Robert, being unthankful can cause me to do a whole lot less for you than what I would have done. Let us be thankful. Let us be thankful. We looked at capital A in our outline. You need a revelation. We're talking about being thankful, just need a revelation. First Thessalonians five eighteen, Luke fifteen, seven. Capital B, the kingdom cannot be shaken. That's one of the things we're very thankful about. That we are members of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Hebrews twelve twenty eight, Isaiah fifty four ten, capital C, a pattern of thankfulness. We all set patterns, and we all have patterns in our life. That's one of the ways a lot of time the, the, the police will get you. You know, and done something crazy, and you get caught. Normally, they ain't catching you the first time you done done that crazy thing. You know, they, they, they go back and check your patterns, come to find out you've been doing this for a while, sir. And that's that a lot of time how they get you. Well, we can set patterns of thankfulness. Daniel 6, 10, Job 1, and... Five, capital D, we looked at yesterday about asking God to show you what you can't see. There's things that each of us cannot see, and we need God to open our eyes and to show us what we can't see. We looked at Psalms 91.5, Psalms 119.105, and it brought us down to capital E to remember that thankfulness is a command. Now, that's, that's very important to keep in mind, being thankful. Be thankful. That's a command. That's like be holy. Be ready. These are commands. These are not suggestions. These are not if you get some extra time in your busy schedule or if you get some time in between classes or lunchtime. Uh uh-uh. uh. These are commands. Be, you know, be ye also ready. Be holy. You know, be thankful. These are commands. We looked at 
uh, had already looked at First Thessalonians 5 and 18, but we had focused in yesterday on Ephesians 5 and 20, and we want to look today briefly at uh, 1 John 5 and 3. 1 John 5 and 3. From the New International Version, our scripture reads, This is love for God, to obey his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. Once again, 1 John 5 and 3, I like this, I like, I like this here. This is love for God, to obey his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. Capital E, remember, thankfulness, what? Is a command. Let us pray, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we adore you, we reverence you, we magnify you. This, the Lord's day, this first day of the week, we give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. You've led us to see another week, not only another day, but another week. We are grateful. We are appreciative. We are opening our mouths Offering to you the fruit of our lips, the sacrifice of praise. We have entered into your gates with thanksgiving. We have entered into your courts with praise. Thanking you, Heavenly Father, for so many good things that you have done to us, through us, for us. We give you all glory. We pray, Heavenly Father, that as many as are under the sound of my voice, may a word be spoken today that will increase your people, that will edify your people, that will uplift, encourage, that your name, which is above all other names, may be glorified, exalted, and praised. These and all other blessings we count done in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. And amen. Capital E, remember, thankfulness is a command. We look at the book of First John and chapter five, and we see right before the concluding remarks faith in the Son of God. That is the meat and potatoes, if you will, of our Christianity. Faith in the Son of God. Not what we can do in and of ourselves, not what we learned at the community college and what we they taught us at the end service on the job, but our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest what frame, but holy. Lean, come on, somebody, on Jesus' name. So uh, we understand that faith in the Son of God is the meat and the potatoes of this thing. Faith in the Son of God will keep you together. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. We we living in perilous times. We living in times where a lot of people are coming unglued. A lot of people are coming unhinged. A lot of people are losing their cotton picking mind. Every day somebody's going into the mental institution. Every day somebody's going into prison. Every day. Faith in the Son of God will help keep you together. 
Faith in the Son of God, God said, Robert, will help keep your marriage together. Every day somebody is packing up and hitting the, hitting the, hitting the road. Every day somebody is divorce, signing divorce papers. Every day. Faith in the Son of God will keep your family together. Every day, prodigal sons is getting together all they had and hitting, going out and going out into district. Every day, God said, faith in the Son of God. I, I you know, I purchased a couple pair of shoes. Found me some shoes last night, Dick, for about $12. Had to get them shoes. My pockets weren't too strong. Like cute little shoes for $12 in my size. And uh, but the shoes that I had on, I like those shoes that I was purchasing so well that I took the shoes I had on, took them off, and put them in the box, and put the new shoes on, wearing the shoes, wearing the shoes. But come to find out that the shoes I had on, the sole, and I didn't notice till I took them off and put them in the box, the sole was coming apart from the shoe itself. So I was like, oh, man, you know, I'm either have to, I didn't want to take those shoes down to Africa because I got some boys down there to fix them up for a man. I didn't want to have to take them to a shoe shop here. So I said, I'm going to put me some Gorilla Glue. And I, I got me some Gorilla Glue. It's like a real, real strong glue. I was going to put me a little Gorilla Glue in to help because Gorilla Glue, very few things I have ever used Gorilla Glue on that it has not held together. You say, Apostle, what what you going with this now? Understand that faith in the Son of God is much like our Gorilla Glue. It keeps stuff together. It can keep folk together. Folk that you might wouldn't even like in and of yourself. The Holy Spirit, the faith in the Son of God will keep y'all two fellowshipping together very nice. Oh, don't think that 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 we just gonna like everybody. Now, come on, saints, we family. Let's let's talk. It's some folk that you wouldn't even like if it weren't for faith in the Son of God on your part and their part. So, faith in the Son of God will keep things together. Will keep marriages and families and businesses. Will will keep you on your job. It will keep you. Will keep your health. It will keep things together. Verse 1 says, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, the only begotten Son of God, is born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves the child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. You said, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand out here? There are some proofs to the pudding out here. There are some proofs. There are some things, there are some tangible things that we can see that will 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 let us know what's really going on here. This is what the Bible says. This is what the Bible says. This is how we know. Some of you want, I wonder, how, how you know if a person is saved? Like, God said, here it is right here. Hey, this is how we know that we Love the children of God by loving God and carrying out his commandments. Understand that carrying out the commandments is a proof not only that you love God, but that you love God's people. Failure to carry out the commands of God is a proof that you don't love God, nor do you love his people. If you don't love God, you can't love his people. If you do love God, you will love his people. Oh, we're getting ready to close this message. We're not going to have to preach all day today. This is how we know there are some things in 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 life that let you know certain things. 
Now, there's just some things that let you know certain things now. There's some things. There's a passage in the God is flashing in my spirit now. There's a passage in Proverbs that says, even a fool is thought wise till he open his mouth. Opening your mouth will let us know a whole lot of things. Because out of the abundance of a man's heart, his mouth will speak. Just start talking. <laughs> That's why, in, in, you know, you, you can't just, you know, get in trouble with the law and decide that, that you ain't going to say, or, or somebody, there be something that has gone on and maybe you have seen or that you have knew something about, and you're just going to decide you're not going to talk. They will lock you up. They will, they will lock you up. Now, if you just want to stay locked up, then I, that's a choice too. But they will lock you up because they want you to talk. When you talk, we can start nailing some things down. Talk. One of the things I used to say, let him talk. Let him talk from a, some, some, some uh, TV show or something. Be, let him talk. When you talk, now we, now we know what, what, what we're working with. Now, you know, the beautiful thing about getting closer to God is that people don't even have to talk no more. I mean, when you talk, that's kind of like, I mean, you have really confirmed it. But when you start getting close to God, and see, that's why a lot of times when you really start getting close to God, folk that don't love God will get away from you. Because they know they ain't even got to talk no more. You can see it. You can, you <laughs> they'll be convicted. You just be looking at them. They'll be convinced because they'll be knowing in they'll that that spirit that that is leading them will know that you already have seen it. See, you you need to understand that everybody is motivated by a spirit or spirits. Now, if you are motivated by the Holy Spirit, you don't have no problem in fellowship, in communion. With the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not running from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not fighting the Holy Spirit. But if you are motivated by demonic spirits, and you come into the presence of those who are motivated by the Holy Spirit, you're going to be, you know, you're not going to know what's going on because them demons are not going to tell you what's going on. That's why you need a prophet. You need somebody to tell you what's going on. Them demons that are motivating you know that they are in the presence of some folk that are motivated by the Holy Spirit and that they can be seen. And that's why you be feeling uncomfortable. Some of you all out there, you be feeling uncomfortable around really safe folk. It's not, it's not so much just you. It's them demons. That's in you. They know that these folk are for real. One of the saying, I, I, one of the saints saying, the big folk become restless. Okay, well, I see you. I see you. Always got to go. Always got to go. Why? Because what fellowship has light with darkness? You say, Apostle, what you, what you, what you saying to me now? Because I be feeling like that. I, I be feeling like that, Apostle. I know you be feeling like that. Uh, there, that's why God has given it to me. To share this with you. What I need to do then? What you need to do is you need to, to, to come out of whatever the darkness is. See? So that you can have fellowship with God and you can have fellowship with God's people. This is how we know that we love the children of God. By loving God, carrying out his commandments. This is love for God to obey his commands. As I've shared with you all a number of times, this thing is not about God loving us. That is not the issue nowhere. That, 
that one of the saints saying hit love don't sway. That's a given. What will determine where you spend your eternity is not whether God loved you, but whether you loved God. This thing ain't got nothing to do with God's love for you and God's love for me. That's God's a robber. That's a given. The question is, do you love God? I might have to preach that. Let me, somebody write that. Get a slip. Get a slip. The question is, do you love God? That is that is where the the, the question is whether you love God. Put data on that. We got to preach that one. This is love for God. All right. So you say, Apostle, well, how then? How we love God? Now, what we got to do to love God? Here it is. It's simple, my brother. It's simple, my sister. The, the, the Word of God will not only ask questions, but the Word of God will answer questions. Any question you got in this life, you can get the answer in the Word of God, either the Logos or the Rhema Word. You can do that. God said, Robert, that's why they're tuning in. You try to check the downloads, man. Downloads spiking since I done got back. We give God praise. God said they're getting their questions answered, Robert. See, God said, Robert, look, let me explain something to you so you don't get it twisted. I know what's in their hearts and minds out there that's listening. Whether you ever see their face, whether they ever send a contribution, whether they ever come to the Christian Center, I know what's in the hearts and minds of everybody that's hearing your voice. And God says, if you, since if you will just yield yourself to me, I will, through you, using you as an instrument, I will address the questions and the concerns of my people out there. Okay then. See, that's why all God said, look, all I need you to do is to yield yourself. Because God said, I know what's going on. I, don't you know a carpenter know how best to hit a nail? All a hammer got to do is just kind of let the carpenter do his thing. I encourage you, let the carpenter. And the carpenter directs the hammer. Let you just you just be that you just be a hammer that just let the carpenter do what he want to do. In other words, let God use you any way he wants to use you. And don't let God feel resistance in your loins. <laughs> Praise God. So this this is love for God. This is love for God. To obey his commands. Why? Because as we obey his commands, we are yielding ourselves to how he wants to use us. Oh, come on, children of God. How I would love for T.D. Jakes, Creflo Dollar, and some of these, these big, big names around here to be contacting me. So I wouldn't have to be going all into Africa and have to be going all into some of the places. I, oh, I would love it. But God said, well, Robert, that's, that's not how I'm going to use you right now. I got some people in some, some other parts of the world that I have fixed you up for. Now, you know, I might would like things to be used a different way. A hammer might would have liked to have been a screwdriver. Hammer might would have liked to have been a skill saw. Hammer might be sitting there when the carpenter was working, looking at skill saw, cutting that wood. Hammer looking over, this man, I sure would have liked to have been a skill saw. But the reality is, what I am is a hammer. And what we have to learn how to do sometime, and this, this, is, this is God talking to me, is just go ahead on and accept what you are. Accept what God has made you. Accept how God is using you. 
Amen. Come on, let's get ready to close this, man. This is love of God. Obey his commands. And keep this in mind now. His commands are not burdensome. Now, that's where the adversary tricks some of us up. Have us thinking that the commands of God, oh, it's so rough. Obey God, it's all right. No, the rough thing, the Bible said the way of a transgressor is hard. The rough thing is when you out there, watch this, let me explain something to you. Let me explain something to you out there. You think that obeying God is so rough, obeying God is so tough. No, that's the trick of the devil. That's the trick of the enemy. The rough thing is when you're not obeying God. Because first of all, the devil don't love you whether you obey him or whether you don't obey him. The devil hates you. So the devil is working against you. Whether you're trying to work with the devil or not, he's working against you. But the problem is when you when you were trying to work with the devil, you got the devil working against you, but then you also got God working against you because you're sinning against God. When you obey God and keep his commandments, God's a robber. Look, you, you, I'm not trying to get you. When you obey me and keep my commandments, God says, I'm not trying to chase you, I'm not trying to punish you, and I'm only going to let the, the, the devil and his children and his angels do but so much. So you've got a source of divine protection. But when you are, when you are disobeying God, trying to run with the devil, you've got the devil working against you, and then God says, and I'm working against you too because of uh, you're not obeying me. So you got two. When you're not obeying God, you got the two, two of the most, you got the most powerful being in all creation, which is God, and one of the most powerful beings in all creation, which is the devil, working against you. Oh, the way of a transgressor is hard. Let's get ready to close this message. This is the command. Love God. This is love for God, rather. Obey his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. I want to encourage you under under sound of my voice. If you've really been born of God, I don't know what you're in. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you've been through. But if you've really been born of God, you're going to overcome this world. You're going to get the victory over this world. Anyone, everyone born of God overcomes. Now, overcomes, you look, there's an S on that. That means it's constant and continuous. It means it's not something that just all of a sudden come in one day. It's something that you are walking towards. See, it's something that is that is that is ongoing. So understand that the process of overcoming the world is ongoing. And we haven't overcome every single thing in this world. Because some of these things in this world we still like and we still doing. Now that's just it. No, it's wrong. No, it shouldn't be. No, all that, all that. But we like that thing. So overcoming the world is a constant and continuous process. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Now watch this. Our faith may have overcome, but we've got to manifest physically what our faith has manifested spiritually. Mm. We've got to become physically what our faith is spiritually. That's the process. Look at, look at that now. Look at it. Look at it. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. So, in spiritual realms, we have overcome the world. Overcome the world. We already, but in physical realms, we have not. Just like in spiritual realms, we are in heaven. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. But in physical realms, your iron part, my iron part, right here on earth. So we got some places to get to physically. There's some places we are spiritually that we've got to get to physically. All right, God said, bring it on down in, in, in human terms, Rob. 
Now, I got contacted by uh, the presiding bishop of the, Christ- the Christian Center Church Worldwide in Accra, Ghana. He told me, and he had already told me about this when I was last with him, but there's some programs. We've got some graduations um, from our seminary schools that are taking place in Accra, Ghana, and we got some programs by some of our our affiliate churches down in Accra, Ghana. You know, he's got me on the on the, the docket and got me on the handbill and the billboard. Well, spiritually, they've got the plans for me to be there, but physically I'm still here in the U.S. So what has to happen? I've In order to to complete that assignment, in order to, to, to fulfill that mandate, I've got to get from where I am physically to where I am spiritually. You and I, as children of God, we've got to get from where we are physically, still in the world, even though we're not of the world, still imperfect, still haven't obtained it all yet, still all of that. we got to get to where we are spiritually, which is just like Jesus, which is our destiny since before the foundations of the earth were ever laid. For we have been predestined to be conformed into the likeness of God's only begotten Son. That's where we are spiritually. But we got to get from where we are. And that's something I share with you all. Anytime you open the Bible, you'll find one of three things. You'll find where God's people are. You'll find where God wants his people. And you'll find what God is doing to take them from where they are to where he wants them. Anywhere. I don't care. Old Testament, New Testament. You can just take and just open the Bible. And if you start reading anywhere in the Bible, you say, I wonder if, if this is describing where the people are, where God wants the people. Or is it describing what God is doing to take the people from where they are to where he wants them? Everything in the Bible. Everything in the Bible. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes. Who is it that overcomes? There's that S again. Who is it that, that, that is in that process? Who is it that is, that is in, in the makings of, in the workings of overcoming the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So you see, you say, Apostle, what do you understand? What do we want to understand? That when we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, we get started on a process. Salvation has is threefold, much like the Godhead or the Trinity. It has a beginning, it has a middle, and it has a culmination. The beginning is when you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Believe that God raised him from the dead. That was the beginning of your salvation. The process of everything that you and I do before we be made perfect or before we get called up into the to the clouds to meet with the Lord in the air or and all this stuff that we do in our imperfect in our imperfect state, that's the process of Christianity. Then there's a there's a perfection. There's a culmination of our Christianity. When we get them glorified bodies you know, and we be perfect, that is the culmination. Whatever goes on after that, I'm good once I'm perfect. See, the problem is that right now I ain't perfect. You're not perfect under the sound of my voice. We're not perfect. Once we get them glory of our body, once we are, once these bodies of death, these bodies that still be lusting of the eye, lusting of the flesh, pride of life, all this other things, once we get them glory of our bodies, we'll be like, oh, we'll be just like Jesus. Would be just like you see. Jesus never had a sinful flesh. Some of us, some of us, are, you you got to grasp that in your spirit. When God hit me with that revelation, it, it opens some things up. 
This is why Jesus was able to tell his disciples, greater work shall you do. What did Jesus understand? Jesus understood that even though he, he came in the likeness of sinful man, Jesus said, look, Robert, I ain't never had that sinful flesh thing. Jesus said, look, I ain't never looked at a woman lustfully. Jesus said, look, I ain't never told no lie. Jesus said, I ain't all that, that stuff, y'all, that's y'all. Because you all came in sinful flesh. God gave us the Holy Spirit to overcome sinful flesh and to do the works of the ministry. God, Jesus said, look, I didn't receive the Holy Spirit for that, Robert. I didn't have to overcome sinful flesh. All I needed was to be empowered for the works of the ministry. So the Holy Spirit came to us. You, you, you think about it, uh, and God said, Robert, oh, man, the Lord is talking to me good now. He's talking to me good. God said, Robert, think about the difference between an adopted son and a natural son. A natural son, all he got to do is come out of you. Come out of your wife or come out of the woman. That's your son. No questions asked. An adopted son, you got to get the papers, fill it out. You got to do all kind of, you got to go through all kind of other stuff. Well, we are adopted sons. We cry Abba Father, Abba, or Father by adoption. So we got to go through some other stuff. <laughs> we got to overcome this sinful nature. We got to overcome the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. We got to be made perfect. Jesus, look, uh, I came into the game perfect. Jesus said, look, I'm God's only begotten son. I come right straight from God. Boom, bam. All I need the Holy Spirit for is to do what God wants me to do. Not to overcome nobody's sin. That's why when the disciples came, Jesus said, Lord, teach us to pray. Jesus said, this then is how you should pray. Jesus said, look, I don't, want to, I don't pray like that. <laughs> that ain't how I pray to God. That ain't how I talk to God. Jesus said, look, this is how you should pray. Our Father which are in heaven. Jesus I can, I can get with that. I can say that because that's true. He's our Father which are in heaven. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Jesus said, I'm good with you. Thy will be done, thy kingdom come. Uh-huh. Uh, thy will be done, thy kingdom in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Jesus said, look, I can get with all that. But then when it comes down to forgive us our debts or trespasses or sins, Jesus said, look, that's why I, I got the hush. Because I don't talk to God about forgiving me my sin. Jesus said, because I don't have any. This is how you should pray. Y'all need to get them sins straight now. Yeah, y'all my brothers. Y'all my friends. But y'all need to get them sins straight now. Jesus, look, I ain't got to get them sins straight now. My atoning death, my sacrificial death will get them sins straightened out for y'all. Not getting them sins straightened out for me. Because Jesus, look, I ain't got them. I ain't got them. That's why I come in your house and everybody got chicken pox. Or everybody got a communicable disease. We're going to have to do some things very different around here. Because I ain't trying to get that, what y'all got. Y'all might have to. You know, I watched a movie while I was down in Nigeria talking about 93 days. Because you know that, that some of the Ebola, when Ebola kicked off maybe a year or two ago, uh, Nigeria was almost like a ground zero. You know, I was there. And I remember traveling, trying to go to different countries and things. And they were like, where you come from? Nigeria. They hooking me up to all kind of stuff. They was like, hey, Ebola. But, uh what they there were there were certain symptoms that when people exhibited in this movie it's called 93 days when people exhibited certain symptoms they would take them to this this Ebola compound normally you didn't have but a, a few days once you start exhibiting the symptoms you didn't have but a few days Ebola was killing people and killing people quick about 80 90% of the folk that got Ebola went away from went moved to the upper room they went away from here but you know people would exhibit the symptoms and they'd come get them right out of their house. They'd come get them. 
Cause see, just cause you got that right there, you ain't, we that don't have that ain't trying to be infected by that. You say, Apostle, what you driving at? What you need to understand is that that you and I, children of God, have been infected by something that Jesus never had. That thing called sin. So we got to overcome that. Now, the beautiful thing about that movie, 93 Days, there was one lady. She exhibited the symptoms, had full-blown out Ebola. They took her to the Ebola center where people were dying just about every day, every night. But she pulled through. May your faith in Christ pull you through in the name of Jesus Christ. May your faith in Christ pull you through sin, pull you through doubt, pull you through fear, pull you through unbelief, pull you through imperfection in the name of Jesus Christ. Our faith in Christ, what are we talking about here? What we say this was, the faith in the Son of God, it will pull us through. But you got to remember that thankfulness is a command. Oh, in the movie, this sister, that 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 they at the end of the day, when they found out she was Ebola free, man, if she didn't praise some God. I'm looking at and watching the movie, tear almost in my eye. What are you talking about? 93 days, you get a chance, check it out. When she pulled through at the end, uh, Ebola killed everybody else. They got it. Everybody else. I was in Nigeria when it, when Ebola hit. Man, they, they said it could become it could be communicated by one drop of spit or one drop of sweat. One drop of spit, one drop of sweat, one drop of blood. What people didn't want to touch each other. And Nigeria is a place where people just get be used to packed together. You be packed together and everything. Packed together. They'll take a car that, that seat four people, put six people in it. They'll take a bus that take 15 people, put 20 people in it. Everything is just a You just get used to being packed together. People didn't want to touch each other. People were trying to wear masks. I was, I was right there. And bowling killing people. 90 some percent. But she pulled through. And was very, very thankful at the end of the day. And I'm here to let you know, child of God, that when God pull us through this thing called sin, they ought to, you know, we, we ought to be thankful in advance as he's pulling us through. See? Somebody jump out and, and you drowning, and somebody jump out there and is in the process of saving you, you ought to be thankful. Now, you ain't got me to shore yet. You know, we had two of the young men. I know one of them might be listening right now. He remember, he was one of them. We took the church to uh, Virginia Beach. And I was laying over there asleep. The saints was all running and playing and swimming and everybody. And one of the sisters came to me, Sister Tammy came to me and said, Apostle, she said, Pastor, them boys is out mighty far. Now look, and two of the, <laughs> two of the young men were on rafts. <laughs> they, had, they had the current taking them on out there, and them jokers was way out there. I was like, what is this now? I jumped out there, sploosh, 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 sploosh. I got out there and grabbed, uh, grabbed the back of the, each of their raft, and uh, I said, look here. I said, now, I'm going to turn you all around. So they were heading on out. I mean, I didn't know if they were heading to Africa or what. I didn't know if they were going on a missionary trip. They was on the way out. I grabbed the back of the raft. We're out there in deep water. I grabbed the back of the raft and looked at them over their eyes about biggest quarter. <laughs> I said, look. I said, I'm getting ready to turn you all around. I said, look, we ain't trying to go to Africa. This, we, this ain't the trip. This ain't the missionary trip. We, I mean, I'm just like, you know, that's the kind of thing. But I said, I'm going to turn you all around. When I turn you all around, start kicking. Okay, okay, Pastor. Okay. I turn them around. Boy, start kicking. I said, kick. 
Boy, stuck at sea. Spin on that raft. Kick. Kick. They was in deep water. That water popped 10, 15 feet out there. Kick. Kick. They kick, kick, kick. Finally, a wave caught them and washed them on in the shore. And them boys was all right. You say, Apostle, what's happening? In the process of being saved, you need to be thankful. Because now, in the process of being saved, in essence, them boys, them boys should, should have been thankful. The, the mere fact that they were turned around out there from the direction they were going. Some of you all on the sound of my voice, you know what I'm talking about. The mere fact that God turned you around from the direction you were going. Oh, don't get me started in here. Don't get me started in here. Lord, we thank you just for the turnaround. No, we ain't back on shore yet. We ain't on dry land. We ain't back in the church bus ready to go back. We've just been turned around. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Remember, thankfulness is a command. So let us be thankful. Let us be thankful in the process. No, Lord, no, we haven't dotted every I, we haven't crossed every T, we haven't gotten all the way you're trying to take us and doing all of what you're trying to do with us. But, Lord, I thank you for the turnaround. I'm going to have to preach that. Lord, I thank you for the turnaround. Turnaround. Because now we're in a direction. It, 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 it was a different direction for them two young men on that raft coming back to North Carolina than heading to West Africa. It's a different direction. You know, those of us who are saved, we're moving in a different direction. May God bless you, children of God. Have a smile on you. That concludes how to cultivate thankfulness. Remember, this is the first day of the week. Let us prepare our offerings very, very well. And God will bless you real, real good. Amen and amen.